0: In here, who's driving? Oh, my God, Bear is driving. How can that be?
1: It's only a model.
0: Welcome to Welcome to Storybrook. I'm Max, and I'm Tina, and third time's the term.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I mentioned on our Twitter feed when I was listening to last week's episode, it's taking us a couple times to get these episodes recorded, since now that it's so freaking hot out, the laptop fan is creating a problem. And also, for some reason, we thought we could record on July 4th, and there would be no ambient noise.
0: Yeah, that was dumb.
1: Yeah, in retrospect, that wasn't that bright.
0: So, speaking of not that bright, we got the Merida episode. A, the Merida episode.
1: I... I legit forgot there were two Merida episodes until I was looking at what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. How is this not the end of Merida? I'm so done with her, Max. I
0: don't get why there's two Merida episodes either, especially because it seems like the writers are being forced to include this character at gunpoint.
1: Seriously, look, either do a brave season and actually integrate Merida into the show, and hey, I don't know, maybe watch the movie while you're at it, or. Leave the poor girl alone.
0: This is the bad thing about recording multiple times, because I don't remember if this is something I've brought up in an episode we've actually posted. But it feels like they either didn't watch Brave or just completely missed the point of Brave. Eleanor isn't a character at all in Once Upon a Time. She gets mentioned like three times.
1: How are you going to do a Brave season without Queen Eleanor? That uh, uh, Let's do this episode.
0: All right, so this is Season 5, Episode 6, The Bear and the Bow.
1: And we are in Book 7, Chapter 6.
0: It's only a model. Yes. So as a reminder, last episode, Emma used a combination of dark and light magic to get Merlin out of the tree or save Merlin from being a tree. We're still not super clear on it. The important thing is that Merlin is no longer in a tree.
1: And in the present day, Dark One Emma has imprisoned Rumpelstiltskin, whose morality has been reformatted.
0: His moral slate has been wiped clean. He is no longer good or evil. He is blank.
1: And she wants to fill him full of bravery, or rather force Merida to fill him full of bravery, so that he can be brave enough to pull Excalibur from the stone.
0: So, last episode, Merlin was freed... And you know how in video games, when sometimes in RPGs, when you're starting, you have like a much more powerful character who's briefly part of your party to just carry you? Yeah. Yeah. Merlin's basically doing that here.
1: He really is. Or, or maybe like in a video game when you do the one thing you have to do, in this case freeing Merlin, and then instead of having to fight your way through the dungeon, you just get a cutscene of going through the dungeon because that's what we get. We get Merlin doing the heavy lifting of fighting through the guards in the dungeon to where Lancelot is being held.
0: Mm. Now, David is doing his part. I don't actually think we see him murder any guards. He... I
1: don't think David got to get his kill on this episode. I don't, which is a shame because David's just not getting to do anything he loves this episode.
0: Yeah, he's just doing cuffs. It's all very uh, the introduction of Black Widow in the second Iron Man movie. Where Happy Hogan's fighting the one guard, well...
1: Well, Black Widow...
0: Takes out the rest of the room. Yeah. Because David's, like, punching this guy, and he's taking out this guard, and Merlin just kind of waves his hand and knocks the other guards out.
1: Yeah, it's funny. He has that same power that Regina has, where he can just wave his hand and make people fall asleep, that Regina always forgets she has.
0: Yeah. Now, Merlin establishes here that he has some level of precognition. He knows the way to go to find Lancelot. Because they are breaking into the dungeon to save Lancelot, who was imprisoned by Arthur last episode.
1: He also, at one point, puts up his hand to halt the party because he knows that some guards are going to cross in front. And he writes this off to, you know, having psychic powers, being precognitive. Precognitive?
0: Precognitive.
1: Being precognitive. I'm unclear on exactly how that works, because if you know everything that's about to happen down to the second for your entire life, I feel like that's got to be kind of um,
0: well, da- hard
1: to live with.
0: Well, David asks him about that. He's like, you can see the future. And Merlin says, bits and pieces. Merlin says, essentially being, I can see enough of the future for me to make prophecies or be able to tell when guards are coming, but not enough so that I can, for example, see the way i'm going to be written out of the show oh yeah
1: he's kind of like the opposite of rumpelstiltskin though rumpelstiltskin could only see bits and pieces of the future when it was inconvenient and when it didn't help him merlin seems to be able to just see the bits that will help him he's like i'm gonna be in a tree this is who's gonna save me guards are coming lancelot's in the dungeon the chainsaw's in the shed
0: so as we established briefly last episode merida is also in this dungeon i don't think we actually brought it up the reason she is in this dungeon is because she was trying to steal a boat from some people which i'm sorry i know she has protagonist itis but stealing a boat is still illegal merida should definitely be in jail
1: um she was doing it to save her brothers humans are more important than property rights
0: you don't know what those people are going to do with that boat
1: No, no, Merida was definitely in the right here. Also, King Arthur's evil, so anything he does is inherently evil.
0: It wasn't his boat, it was a boat that belonged to someone in his kingdom.
1: Yeah, but he's the one who enforced the law that locked her in the dungeon.
0: Merlin tries using his magic to get rid of the bars, but it doesn't work. Not because the bars are iron, which is the first place I went. Oh yeah, that would make sense. But because his magic is outdated. Luckily, Belle- These are
1: these newfangled bars?
0: Uh, apparently there's some protection magic on it, which. Okay. Okay, sure. Who who else in Camelot's casting spells?
1: Wait, no, you you just toss that line aside, like, oh well, it's done, let's move on. No, who's casting spells in Camelot if Merlin's not there? I mean, there are other spellcasters in Arthurian legend, but we don't see them in this show.
0: God, yo, we don't even get a little Morgan Le Fay.
1: God. How much better would it have been to have Morgan Le Fay instead of Merida? Why do we have Merida and no Morgan Le Fay in this season? Well- What is happening?
0: As I think we discussed earlier, this show would have been better if they had more of Emma doing what Rumplestiltskin did, which was stepping into stories to assume certain roles, so Emma should have been the Morgan Le Fay of this season.
1: Yes, that would have been great. Or you could have made the witch from- Brave be Morgan Le Fay. That would have been a nice way to bring Merida in if you're so gung-ho to have her this season.
0: Hell, she could have been Mad Madam Mim. The one Disney villain who has no fans. There are no Mad Madam Mim defenders. Is I feel so
1: sad. I
0: feel totally free to shit-talk Mad Madam Mim. Oh. But anyway, so Merlin can't work his magic on these bars because his magic is outmoded, but luckily... Bell has a spell book with the new magic iOS that Merlin just downloads and then frees everyone.
1: Yeah, basically. That's basically what happens.
0: Merlin sort of pulls a little bit of a dark willow where he sucks the magic out of the book. But not in a way that leaves it blank. Just in a way that gives him the...
1: Just a little, just a little bit of magic.
0: By the way, I recently rewatched the ending of uh, Buffy Season 6. Yes. And see, this is my second time rewatching it. The first time I rewatched it, I was like, oh, this is so much worse than I remembered it being.
1: Wait, wait, back up. This was your second time rewatching Buffy?
0: Rewatching those three episodes in recent time.
1: Okay, because I've watched Buffy all the way through like 10 or 12 times. Yes. Okay, just checking.
0: I have a harder time quantifying that because what I did was when each DVD came out, I would rewatch all of them up to that point.
1: Oh, okay. So what I did was I had all of the DVDs, and because I didn't get into Buffy until it was off the air.
0: I didn't get into it until it was off the air either, but I started getting into it when the first DVD set came out.
1: I didn't get into it until all the DVD sets had been released.
0: Oh, you're lucky. I had to wait for each DVD set to come.
1: Yeah. Well, so I would get up in the morning, and while I was getting ready for work, I would put one of the DVDs in, and I would watch three or four episodes while I got ready for work. And then... Three or four, that's crazy. That didn't take me that long to get ready for I would watch one or two episodes while I got ready for work.
0: I was about to say.
1: And then when I got to the end, I just put back in the first DVD and started over. And then later, when I got all the Angel DVDs, I kept doing that. But when I got to the end, then I watched all five seasons of Angel. Then I started over with Buffy again. I remember I was at a convention, and we were watching a performance of Once More with Feeling, where the Shadowcast does... Performs once more with Feeling. Mm -hmm. And I said to a friend I was with, it's funny how you can do something every day, but doing it with a group feels so much different. And my friend was like, you watch Buffy every day? And Uh, I was like, you don't? Yeah, I was
0: going to say, who doesn't? But my point was, I revisited the uh, last three episodes of season six again, because I did it kind of recently, and I was like, this isn't as good as I remembered it. And uh, then I rewatched it again. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm n- I am wasn't giving it enough credit. I-, I just, I had built it up too much in my head for the first time I had rewatched it in a while. Because it's been a while since I've done a Buffy rewatch. Yes, I know we need to do that.
1: We should do that. But, uh... We just rewatched all of Daria, so it would be good for... Synergy? Yeah, it would keep my, uh...
0: 90s mojo going. There you go. But uh my main point for that is... Everyone keeps on calling magic, magics, and it's super weird and distracting. Also, the metaphor just falls off its ass. And also, seriously, Buffy, with the whole, you don't even understand what a Slayer is when you're fighting Dark Willow. I'm sorry, get off your goddamn high horse. You have, like, superpowers and limited precognition. Obviously, Willow is gonna wipe the floor with you. Let me show you what a real Slayer is. God. But anyway, Merlin sucks the magic out of the book, updates his mystical iOS, and then bamps the bars away. And uh,
1: Everyone's like, wow, we're going to have to figure out a way to neutralize you because otherwise you're pretty show since you can just wave your hands and fix all the problems.
0: Meredith starts freaking out because she's like, no, wait, Arthur took my wisps. They're the only way to save my brothers. And Merlin does an epic eye roll.
1: Everything Merlin does is epic, but yes, yes, he does.
0: And he's like, the only thing the wisps will lead you to is your death. You know, like the, like wisps are supposed to. But
1: Right, not in Brave, but in actuality.
0: Yes. He tells her, look, we'll deal with your stupid subplot later. We just have to get the main plot out of the way first. And she's like, that's not how subplots work.
1: Merlin's like, did you not see all of the magic I've been doing? We'll figure it out. It's a shame Merida doesn't take him at his word because they really would have figured it out. But anyway... The title card this episode...
0: They play with the dire Jesus in a way I feel like they don't normally do.
1: Yeah, the arrow actually pierces the O in Once Upon a Time and shatters it like it's a mirror.
0: Yeah, it's a figure who I suppose is probably supposed to be Merida, although I like to think it's the ironic archer. I miss our reoccurring characters. I feel like we haven't seen them in a while.
1: I know, we we have no ironic archers. We have no Ms. Gingers.
0: Uh, Miss Gingerwatch 2018, come on! So, in the episode proper, Regina reveals to the Storybrooke crew that they did, in fact, save Merlin in uh, Camelot.
1: Yes, last episode, when Emma was having her argument with Regina over the fact that Emma ripped out
0: Violet's heart and used it to break Henry's.
1: Oh yeah when they were having that fight she revealed to Regina that they had saved Merlin so Regina has the crimson cap that they found out about earlier this season
0: you know the mushroom that lets you talk to someone mystically that David found in the forest of sexual tension
1: god this season anyway they're gonna use it to talk to Merlin.
0: So they're going to find Arthur because Arthur is Merlin's chosen one, so he's the one who needs to use the mushroom to talk to him because that's how the mushroom works.
1: Yeah, apparently this didn't come up back in Camelot, but that mushroom is only going to work on somebody that Merlin chooses to speak to, so now all of a sudden Arthur has to be part of the plot, even though, like I said, that was not a caveat we were given back in Camelot.
0: So they're all heading off to find uh, Arthur so that they can talk to Merlin with the magic mushroom when Belle reminds them that she has a subplot.
1: Yeah, she's like, um, how about we save Rumple because Emma has him prisoner and is going to be doing some fucked up shit. And they're all she said she's like, it's as though you don't even care what happens to And I, I
0: love this because everyone just kind of has not an... everyone is
1: like studying their shoes intently.
0: So Belle decides that she's going to save him herself and stalks out of the room.
1: And then we cut to where Rumpelstiltskin is, which is in the woods where Merida has been teaching him to be brave.
0: By threatening to shatter the teacup that is the metaphor for his relationship with Belle if he does not fight her.
1: Merida is gone now and Rumpelstiltskin is sitting in... Very loose binds. He could absolutely get out of those binds without doing what he's about to do.
0: In fact, I really don't get how this is supposed to work. I mean, I I get it, I guess, sort of. But he decides that the only way to break his bonds is to shatter his metaphor cup and then use the broken porcelain to saw through the ropes
1: okay porcelain is not that sharp it's not gonna do much good to cut through those very thick ropes those very thick ropes which are very insecurely tied i know i've brought up before on this podcast my strong feelings about not leaving people alone tied up because it is very dangerous but honestly i'd be okay leaving rumple like that he's fine he can absolutely get out of those bonds
0: So he breaks the cup that is a metaphor for his and Belle's relationship and cuts himself free. Back in time, Merida is very conspicuously holding Belle at the back of the group.
1: Yeah, she's letting the rest of the Storybook crew get ahead of them and walking very slowly and keeping Belle with her, telling her her backstory about her brothers and how after the events of Brave it turns out that everything reverted back
0: yeah so apparently after the events of brave there was some sort of big battle her dad died and the clans decided that they couldn't be led by a woman so they exiled her and her mother and they took her brothers captive and uh that's the situation
1: okay Let's talk about a couple things here.
0: Also, she points out how good Belle is with magic. She's like, you're pretty good with magic, aren't you? But not like good enough to defend yourself if someone were to attack you. And Belle's like, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm confident enough to perform magic, but I can't do any of the power things that would protect me. Should someone try to hold me hostage and make me do magic for them.
1: Okay, let's talk about a couple things about Merida's story here. Okay. All right. Merida is totally in the wrong for not marrying one of those guys. I mean, look, no one wants to marry someone they don't want to marry. But when you are royalty, you have a responsibility beyond your own happiness. Merida isn't just getting married because she loves a guy and wants companionship. She's getting married because it's her responsibility to run the kingdom. And part of running the kingdom is uniting the clans. Her mother before her miraculously averted a bloody four-way civil war by coming up with the compromise of having a contest of skill that would decide which son would marry into the royal family. Presumably, they will do this each generation until the four clans are one clan. This is an amazing solution that Merida is throwing away for, for why again?
0: I mean, honest to God, I know people shouldn't be forced to marry who they don't love, blah, blah, blah. But we took, this isn't a gendered thing, either. We took David to task for this back in season one.
1: You know what a good solution is if you don't want to get married out of royal obligation?
0: Abdicate.
1: Abdicate!
0: But also, just putting this out there, this is a royal marriage. You're not supposed to love this person. I mean, it's basically just having a roommate who you are contractually obligated to bear an heir with. But, I mean, you kind of don't even have to do that. There's not paternity tests. You can just do whatever you want. You have to live in a house with a person.
1: Yeah. Merida is being an irresponsible queen. Let's move on. You know, you know, I know I just said let's move on. This is a problem with all royalty in this show. Because we have this American mentality. All the royalty in this show is like, Oh, I need to pursue my own destiny, and my own love, and my own whatever. That's not what royalty's about. Royalty's about serving your people. That's why you get the big castle. It's the trade-off for serving your people. I know that I'm talking about the platonic ideal of royalty and not how it actually works, but, you know, all the royalty in this show sucks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, the thing we're sort of talking around is Merida knocking out Belle and dragging her away and literally no one in the group noticing. I know Merida was like waiting until the group was far enough ahead of them, but this is some very bad party management.
1: Also, spoiler alert, they never realize Belle is missing and go back for her. This is why you have to have a buddy system in place.
0: Ah, see, that's where the flaw is, because Belle and Merida were each other's buddies.
1: Oh. You know, in the young adult novel, Henry and Violet, Mm. Henry and Violet slip away from the group, and Emma and Hook notice instantly. They are blowing up his cell phone for the rest of the book, trying to find out where he is.
0: This is the book where nothing happens, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, back in the present, Merida is leading Dark One Emma to uh, the little encampment where she's been forcing Rumple to fight her in order to make him a hero, only to realize that, uh-oh, he escaped.
1: Yep. Emma pulls out Merida's heart, and Merida's like, well, you know what, fuck it, just kill me, I'm not gonna do what you say anymore. And Emma's like, okay, just to recap, having your heart means I control your actions.
0: So Emma decides, you know what? Just forcing someone to fight isn't enough to make them a hero. They have to be willing to fight for something. So I'm going to use my handy little heart control to force you to try to kill Belle, the one person Rumple might actually get off his ass to save.
1: Why is everyone so terrible with Belle? Why in this show does Belle get to be nothing except for the lever that people push to move Rumple?
0: I mean, we used to talk a fair amount about Henry being this show's go-to boy hostage, but really, Belle is the one who keeps on being thrown in this position. If I was Belle, I would not talk to any of these people ever.
1: Right? If I was Belle, as soon as this current evil was defeated, and we had, like, those 12 hours where you can cross the town line, I would be out of there. I would be like, over the town line, forget all of you fools, and... Go live my own life in, like, Connecticut. It's like a librarian in Connecticut.
0: There are some boss-ass libraries in Connecticut.
1: I know, that's why I I chose New England. Also, doesn't Connecticut feel like a place where you could see Belle? Yeah,
0: definitely. Oh, she could work at the Willoughby Wallace Library. There you go. In the flashback, Belle regains consciousness on a boat. I would be really nervous. Well, I, I know it's TV, but she gets knocked out a lot. I would be super nervous about having a concussion. So she's about to wail on Merida with a orb, but Merida's like, no, I only knocked you out and abducted you because I need your help. Yeah,
1: I just took you against your will because I wasn't sure that you would do the thing I need you to do if I asked politely. So how about you do the thing I want you to do now?
0: And Belle's like, yeah, okay.
1: Well, when you put it that way, that sounds downright rational
0: is trying to relate to Belle through
1: feminism. Yeah, is trying to make this about feminism. Like, the men who kidnapped her brother did it because she can't lead because she's a woman. And girl power. But you know what? You don't get to kidnap another woman and then claim girl power. So, back in the present, Belle is in the bookstore when she hears a noise coming from the elevator.
0: By the way, uh, this is just sort of a side note. Belle is dressed, for some reason, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe Scarlet Witch.
1: She is. It's odd. She's got the tall boots and the red coat.
0: Yeah, she's got the red coat and sort of the black skirt and leggings thing, which I don't particularly like the Marvel Cinematic Universe Scarlet Witch design. She got a much better costume later, but it never seems to show up in other stuff.
1: I mean, I don't have a problem with the outfit that she's wearing. I mean, the outfit that Elizabeth Olsen is wearing. I don't have a problem with her outfit per se. It's... Just not at all reminiscent of the Scarlet Witch outfit.
0: And I hate that all the ancillary material plays it like it's her costume. It's not. It's the civilian stuff she was wearing before she got her costume. She actually gets a costume at the end of the movie and it doesn't show up in merchandising stuff.
1: You mentioned that Belle's outfit looks like the Scarlet Witch outfit, but you did not bring up the much more obvious influence, which is that it looks like she's been raiding Ruby's closet.
0: She does, which we are going to get to see Ruby again.
1: Not this episode.
0: Not this episode, but soon-ish. Sometime this season.
1: Briefly. Just a fleeting glimpse of what could have been. Anyway, the elevator opens, and Rumple is there. Hey, didn't that elevator take two people to operate before?
0: Uh, yes. One time it took one person, but that person was using magic, so... Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Rumple escaped through the tunnels that run under storybook did he go to the beach first i thought those tunnels led to the beach
1: so he escaped the woods ran to the beach crawled into the tunnels and took the tunnels to the library is that what happened
0: yeah apparently okay so he tells her a story he's like i had to find you because when i was in a coma i was going to die but then i remembered how hot you were and it stopped me from dying
1: rumpel's a terrible boyfriend husband oh even worse
0: Rumpel gives this long speech about how she's the only thing in his life that's worth living for and how she makes him glad to be a person and she makes him wish he was a better man which is all just leading up to
1: you make me you make me a better man i can't do jack nicholson you know i can't do even like basic impressions like impressions everyone can do i can't do you make me want to be a bit nope it's not coming
0: uh, you know one of the reasons that they kept the the writers on Parks and Rec kept trying to make Amy Poehler do impressions is because it is the one thing she cannot do they're like Amy Poehler is a comedic genius the only thing she can't do is impressions so naturally that's what we made her do all the time well at least I feel
1: like I'm an August company if Amy Poehler can't do impressions either but, god Amy Poehler's great
0: yeah but he fills her in on the situation that Merida was captured by Emma who has her heart now he's forcing her To try to make him into a hero, and they need protection. But, you know, it's in the shop, so they need to go to the shop.
1: Anyway, back in the past, Merida has Belle, who she has dragooned into helping her.
0: She brings her to the witch's house, the witch from Brave, who is no longer here, apparently.
1: Yeah, the witch from Brave, who is too busy appearing in a Miyazaki film to be in this season of Once Upon a Time.
0: So, one of the things I like about this episode... One of the things that I think would have been really interesting to explore further, but I don't think the show really does, is that this episode sort of establishes Belle as a hedge witch.
1: Yes, she has household magical powers and the ability to cast spells that she has read about.
0: Yes, she can do spells that require rituals. She can make potions. She can do the Bits of spellcraft that aren't throwing fireballs and telekinesis. She can do old school magic, which I think is a really interesting idea.
1: Well, they've made Belle the researcher, and she can do research-based magic, essentially. It's cool. It's a path that the show could have explored and would have been really interesting. And yet... And yet...
0: It's just really cool seeing someone who does sort of old school witchcraft.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: You know, not charmed. But Merida wants to check in on her brothers.
1: Okay, so they do a scrying spell in the Witch's Cauldron.
0: Basically, Merida has Belle cast some sort of plot catching up spell. Huh?
1: So Merida sees her triplet brothers being held by the three boys from Brave, all grown up now, the triplets and the boys. It's really convenient that Belle and Merida are watching this because Macintosh makes a little speechy speech where he talks about how since Merida has not shown up to fight them, which... Well,
0: since she has not officially abdicated the throne.
1: Then they're just going to execute the brothers at sundown. What is the point of giving a time limit to someone that you don't know is scrying on you? Also, pretty convenient that that's the exact second that she chose to scry.
0: Yeah, he's like, since Merida hasn't abdicated properly, we're going to kill these three guys. Not now. At sunset. We're just gonna hang around for like four hours and then do it. And then I guess we'll all go home. It's weird that they're not just killing these boys now. But Merida's like, oh no. You're going to have to make a different potion so I can save my brothers. And Bill's like, well, as long as I'm here, I guess.
1: So back in the present, we decide to drop in on my least favorite plot in the seven years this show was on television.
0: This is really weird because I feel like we haven't seen Zelina in a few episodes. It it seems like they just kind of dropped her for a while there.
1: We definitely have been ignoring pregnant Zelina locked in in the asylum underneath the hospital and the show did need to remind us that she exists because she's actually going to become important later on in this season mm-hmm. but yeah basically zelena is sitting around reading what to expect when you're expecting
0: the modern edition which still throws me it's weird seeing that lady in pants
1: anyway zelena is reading this and as much as she is a rapist who's pregnant with her victim's child, I'm super uncomfortable with what happens to her next.
0: Nurse Ratchet comes up and.
1: And she has food for Zelina because people need to eat, especially when they're pregnant. And Zelina says she's having pregnancy cravings. And Nurse Ratchet informs her that by order of Regina.
0: By she- order of the mayor. So we know Regina's still mayor.
1: Yeah, even though Emma should be mayor. Anyway, hmm. moving on. By order of Regina, Zelina is only to be given fresh-grown organic produce. And she offers her some giant cruciferous vegetables and a green beverage of some kind.
0: Tall glass of kale juice. And... Zelina's like, motherfucker, I wanted onion rings. And Nurse Ratchet just turns around and leaves with the food. Leave the food for her. She still needs to eat food.
1: And look... Zelina's a terrible person, but but don't lecture pregnant women about what they can eat. It's also not okay.
0: Also, actually give them food even if they say they don't want it.
1: I mean she's growing another human being.
0: So as soon as Nurse Ratchet leaves, Emma bamps into the cell, and Zelina's like, oh, so and Emma bamps her into her kitchen where she has onion rings.
1: Yep, she has a to-go bag from granny's filled with onion rings.
0: They spent money on that granny's logo. They're going to use it.
1: (laughs) Anyway, she gives Zelina the onion rings because she wants to make a deal. Mm. It's what dark ones do, right?
0: It is what dark ones do. You know what dark ones don't do, though? What? They don't judge.
1: You know, I don't think that's true.
0: Because Zelina's almost finished with the onion rings, and she kind of pauses on the last one, and was like, go ahead. Dark ones don't judge. She almost, she ate two bags of onion rings. She's probably just pausing because she's full.
1: No, I- yeah, maybe.
0: So Zelina realizes that Emma wants something because obviously she wouldn't take her out of the dungeon for nothing. Emma bamps the apprentice's wand into her hand because Zelina is the only one who has wielded Merlin's magic and lived to tell about it. You might remember this is the wand that can only be uh, used by someone who can use dark and light magic or who has darkness and light inside them.
1: Um, you mean like Emma did last episode? yeah whatever i guess they needed an excuse to keep zelina around even though uh it's so dumb it's you know what no i'm not excusing it they needed a reason to keep zelina around but this is a dumb reason
0: so zelina wants to know what emma's offering in return for her help and emma says well for one your freedom and for two i'll make sure no one in this town kills you because spoiler alert everyone hates your ass
1: Yep, everyone in the town is pretty keen to kill Zelina.
0: And Zelina's like, oh, see, I know what's going on. Because Joe from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is actually super chatty. And he told me that everyone's mad at you because you ripped out Henry's little girlfriend's heart and then used it to make her break up with him.
1: How did she hear that story? How did that story get down to them?
0: Yeah, how did Joe hear that story? That's my question. This happened, like, last night. Gossip does not travel that fast.
1: Maybe Miss Ginger overheard Regina talking about it, and then maybe she's in a book club with Nurse Ratchet.
0: Oh. Yes, Miss Ginger watched 2018 Strikes. Miss Ginger did it. Anyway canon. So Emma's like, Henry will forgive me. He knows how stories work. He knows how this sort of thing goes. He'll get over it. And Zelina apparently forgets her entire story arc
1: here. Right? Anyway, Zelina says she doesn't want to get involved in Emma's family drama, which is wild because Emma's family drama is your family drama. You might recall you are in fact Regina's sister.
0: Yeah. And then... And then... This whole thing is just Zelina forgetting her own backstory. Because Emma's like, look, you're going to take this deal eventually. You need me. You need someone on your side.
1: And Zelina says, the difference between you and me is that I don't mind
0: being alone. Lady, you raped a dude so you could create a person so you would not be alone. Which is not a good reason to create a person. Just putting that out there.
1: Also, your whole plot is how much you don't want to be alone. And and here's the thing. Not just your previous plot about how you don't like to be alone and are desperate for a family that loves you, but your plot after this season will be about how desperate you are for your sister to love you like a sister again.
0: Literally, you tried to rewrite time so you would be not alone god
1: it's like this isn't a minor continuity thing this is the plot of the entire season Ugh, whatever so back in the library bell and rumple are still hiding even though they need to go get shit from rumple's shop
0: rumple's shop which is across the street from the library
1: but he's so scared
0: and he's like, I'm scared and also my leg, I can't walk very fast. And, and then he launches into this thing about how his injured leg is a reminder of who he really is because he's a coward and bloody blah, 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 blah.
1: This is really ableist, especially because Rumple's limp seems to be worse when they're using it to emphasize character traits that are supposedly undesirable in him show just got a real mean ableism streak.
0: And Bell Bell tells him she's like, "No, no, your your limp's good because it's a sacrifice you made for your son. You sacrificed the use of your leg to save your son from being raised by your wife who would have just abandoned him to go fuck Captain Hook.
1: I think she would have just brought him with her.
0: She should have just brought him with her the first time around then.
1: Yeah, she definitely shouldn't have left him alone with rumple That was a bad idea.
0: So, she launches into a thing about how she could always see the hero behind the beast, and he just needs to... Never been,
1: Rumble has never been a hero. He's never been a good person.
0: I mean, she has a solid point in that the good thing that he did was make sure he got back to be with his kid.
1: Also, I mean, we talk about this whenever Rumpel's cowardice comes up, but not wanting to die... Is okay. It's fundamental in every human being. Not wanting to die in a pointless war where you're watching all of your comrades die around you because you have no actual means of fighting the ogres. That's okay. It's okay to not want to die like that.
0: Well, as we mentioned last episode, the weird running thing in this show is that when your fight or flight reflex is activated, if you are a hero, you fight, and if you are a coward, you flight.
1: Anyway, back in the flashback, Belle has emerged from the witch's shack with the spell, and Merida is outside practicing shooting arrows in a shot taken directly from Brave, where it uh, is kind of GoPro-style, swiftly following the arrow.
0: So, apparently, for shooting arrows super accurately, you don't need things like upper body strength or form. What you really need is clarity of purpose.
1: Well, Merida is... Is a skilled archer.
0: Yes, but she talks about how the reason she's really, really good at archery is because of belief in herself, belief in why she's shooting arrows. This is going to come up later, and it all relates to her dad. Because as we all know, Brave is a movie about a daughter relating to her father.
1: I'm not an archer myself. And I know enough to know that Merida's form is terrible.
0: Well, as she says here... As long as you know what you're fighting for, you'll never miss your target. So she doesn't need to have good form because she knows what she's fighting for.
1: Also, she's doing the thing where you shoot an arrow and then you shoot the next arrow through that first arrow. And then you shoot the third arrow through that second arrow. And there is no way that the pull on that bow is strong enough that she can be putting that much force behind her arrows.
0: See, I was going to say... You're about to confront a whole bunch of dudes. Maybe don't waste all of your arrows by breaking them in half.
1: (sighs) She has an infinite supply of arrows.
0: She's Hawkeye. Yeah. But that aside, Belle has created the potion Merida asked her to make. And Belle's like, okay, I made this, but all it's going to do is turn you into a bear.
1: Yeah, I love how in Brave the answer to everything is just turn into a bear. It fixes everything. Last episode, we joked about how Merida uses her bow for everything, like, she uses her bow to pick a lock, but honestly, I love that the witch in Brave only knows one spell and it's turning people into a bear, and she's like, yeah, fixes everything.
0: Technically, she says what she can do is change your fate, and that's what Merida echoes here. Merida's like, no, this isn't a potion that turns you into a bear, it's one that changes your fate, and Belle's like, yeah, by turning you into a bear. What
1: if your fate was to turn into a bear? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, if the Switch is handing these out willy-nilly, then it probably is.
1: Also, as long as we're talking about the whole the writers of this episode had no interest in watching Brave thing, when she turns her mother into a bear, it's undone because she has to heal their relationship. Like, there's a metaphorical component to the spell. Does Meredith think that she's going to turn herself into a bear, kill the other clan leaders, and then...
0: Uh, It's probably not her plan, but if she had just rolled as a bear from that point on...
1: Bear queen. Bear queen. All right, I'm down with that.
0: Okay, so there are really two directions Merida's plan can go. The one which uh, Belle lays forth, which is uh, she turns herself into a bear, mauls everyone, and saves her brothers, which is, I think, a solid plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you have the ability to turn into a bear, it is a good plan.
0: But my hot alternate take is that she turns her brothers into bears.
1: See, that's good because you're not sure you can turn them back and her brothers don't have to lead. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the fairy tale with the six swans where the princess's brothers are all turned into swans. And then, you know what? Last time we recorded this, I told the whole fucking fairy tale. It's an amazing fairy tale. It's one of my favorites. I'm not going to retell it here. But maybe I'll just read it out loud and put it up on the website and you can go listen to it there.
0: So, Bell is doubtful about plan, turn people into bears, and then good things will happen, which...
1: Okay, you know what? I was on Belle's side, but if you're going to call it Operation Turn People Into Bears and Good Things Will Happen, I'm on board with that plan! I... Turn people into bears. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit.
0: Yeah. So, I don't get why Bell is so down on this Bell sets up the false dichotomy that makes up the uh, title of this episode. She's like, you don't need the bear if you have the bow. you should lead using the bow and not the bear. These two things aren't really in opposition. They're just different versions of leading through power.
1: Right. I mean, the idea here is that magic is somehow fake. So leading through magic is lesser than leading through force, which is real. That's, that's, that's the story Belle's giving us, right? Yeah. Okay, new question. Why does Belle give a fuck? This woman kidnapped her. Just give her the potion and go home. Why are you so invested in her story all of a sudden?
0: Yeah, give her the bear potion and go rejoin your party for the main fucking plot. So back in the present, Belle and Rumple have made it successfully to Rumple's shop to grab what he was looking for in his convenient safe of convenience. You know where all of the plot significant stuff always is.
1: Right. It's uh yeah his his safe of requirement.
0: Yes. Their little mission is interrupted when Merida shoots an arrow at them. But since her heart is conflicted, she does not have clarity of purpose and therefore does not instantly kill Belle.
1: Yes. Merida barges into the shop and she just starts shooting arrows and and, t- and tells Rumple that unless Rumple fights her, she is going to be forced to kill Belle. Meanwhile, in the d plot
0: i know i totally forgot that this was we've recorded this multiple times and i forgot that this plot was even here so the storybook crew minus bell have called arthur into regina's vault so he can use the magic mushroom to contact merlin so they can find out what happened in the camelot season you know the part of the season they don't remember
1: yeah during their last weekend and arthur's like well merlin only talks to me when i'm alone so you guys should leave me alone where i will definitely not do anything evil Like, throw the Crimson Cap into the fire so that Merlin can't be summoned. Uh Uh-oh, looks like I did just that!
0: Yep, as soon as everyone leaves, he looks like he's gonna drop the mushroom into the potion, but instead he drops it into the fire. Why does he even bother with the fake-out? No one's there.
1: I don't know. My question is, why did he throw it in the fire instead of keeping it? Because what happens in the rest of this plot wouldn't have happened if he had held on to the mushroom.
0: Yeah, so he throws the mushroom into the fire and then he leaves the uh, tomb to sadly inform the storybook crew that Regina sucks at magic and nothing happened.
1: And Regina's like, bullshit, I am awesome at magic.
0: Meanwhile, Merida is uh,
1: charging through Rumple's shop trying to kill Belle with a bow and arrow. It's shot like a horror movie where she's like the monster going around the corners, even though she's got a bow and arrow, which are not made for fighting in the close quarters she is in.
0: She shoots a mirror because it's reflecting Belle and Rumple.
1: I like that moment. I think that moment's really well done.
0: So she realizes where Belle and Rumple are as soon as she shoots the mirror. And she steps onto a convenient carpet to shoot them. And she's like, you have to fight me, Rumple."
1: And then Belle's like, oh my god, Rumple is not going to step up. I better do it myself. And she pulls the rug out from under Merida.
0: A situation... They do not take enough advantage of. Meredith's on her ass. Break her goddamn legs.
1: She's prone. You have the advantage.
0: Or alternate plan. Break the bow. Yeah, that would work too. Yeah. Then she just has to go after you with her winning personality. Or just
1: grab it. Just take the bow with you. Seriously. They don't do any of those things. They I just l- run.
0: I like how this is on the main street of Storybrooke. No one is paying any attention.
1: They're all like, oh, it's the main cast doing their main cast thing.
0: Not our business.
1: Also, they'll be fine. They're all front credited. Honestly, if you're not a front credited character and you live in Storybrooke and you see some shit going down with the front credited characters, I think it would be hard for you to care because you don't want to get turned into a tree.
0: Yeah. So as they run out, Rumple goes back to his safe and he grabs something that will help them get somewhere safe. It's a mysterious bag.
1: A little pouch of plot significance.
0: So, luckily, the place where Merida's brothers are about to be executed isn't very far from the witch's cottage.
1: It was close enough that they were able to take the time to make a potion and still get there before sundown.
0: Yeah, and they got there just in time for Merida to fill Belle in on the rest of her backstory. Which was that an enemy attacked her land, like, after the events of Brave, an enemy attacked her land... All of the clans had to come together to fight this enemy, and during the battle, her dad, Merida's dad died, and she blames herself because she didn't shoot her arrow good enough. Yet- yeah. uh, Although, as we learned from this episode, you don't have to actually learn how to shoot arrows as long as you have clarity of purpose.
1: So maybe the real problem here is not that she failed to save her father- it's that she didn't want to save her father because he's what stood in the way of her taking power.
0: Yeah, this was this was Merida's long-live-the-king moment. There you go. So Belle's like, hey, 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 hey. I have a dead parent too, but I'm not a whiny sack of crap about it. Get over yourself.
1: It's funny because last episode... We had Henry and Violet bonding over dead parents. And this episode, we have Belle and Merida bonding over dead parents.
0: Yeah, it's fun. So Belle's like, seriously, sometimes parents die, it happens, get over it, you've got shit you need to do.
1: Especially when you're a Disney protagonist.
0: Especially when you're a Disney protagonist.
1: It's funny that they have brought it up two episodes in a row, but neither time's in a wry, wow, Disney sure does love killing off parents way.
0: So... Because Belle, this is part of Belle's thing where she's still trying to get Merida to save her brothers in the correct way. oh Which, real? why does it matter? Why does it matter what way she uses to save her brothers?
1: There's so much tone policing all over the place in this show.
0: But Merida's like, shut up and give me the bear potion. Which, uh, which Belle does.
1: So back in the present, Belle is yelling at Rumpel for not doing things in the right way because he's decided that they're just going to leave Storybrooke instead of staying and fighting Merida. In fact, the thing he has taken from his safe is a pouch of anti-transformation potion.
0: That's some real Batman 66 level of uh, convenience there.
1: Yes, but they can use that potion to get across the town line without turning into trees. And then, you know, all the oxen free, right?
0: Yeah, totally. All problems solved.
1: No, but in this case, they really would be. Merida can't cross the town line. Emma really probably has bigger fish to fry.
0: Yeah, Emma would just go to plan F. I mean, she's got to be several plans down by this point. Yeah, if there's
1: she's... no way Rumple is plan A.
0: So Belle threatens to pull a ladybird if Rumple doesn't pull the car over. So he does.
1: Yeah, and she gets out of the car and she's like, no, you have to face your fear.
0: Running never made anyone a hero. Obviously, you've never heard of Quicksilver, or The Flash. But anyway.
1: Why is Belle's goal suddenly to make Rumpel be a hero? Isn't that what Emma wants?
0: And, yeah, yeah, as you said during the first recording, the best way to help out your friends and foil Emma is to get Rumpel out of town so he can't help Emma achieve her goals.
1: Like... This show is so bad about motivation this season, and we're just accepting that we should want Rumpel to be a hero. But the whole thing about Rumpel being a hero is so he can pull the sword out of the stone for Emma. And to be honest, I don't really know what her goal is at this point either. So maybe I do want him to be a hero and pull the sword out of the stone for Emma. So maybe I am rooting for him to go back and fight Merida. But she's ostensibly evil, so no. Get out of town! God, the show!
0: But Rumple decides to deflate Belle by telling her the real reason he messed up his leg before the uh, Ogre War. It wasn't because he wanted to be with his son. It's because he didn't want to die.
1: Wait, no, no. It's not because he didn't want to die and leave his son fatherless. It's because he was scared to die and leave his son fatherless. Like, the tiny distinction here that he thinks separates being a hero from the piece of shit human being that we saw him being when he was a human is so thin i
0: don't think he was a piece of shit oh he
1: was it had nothing to do with his cowardice but he totally was why so his cowardice didn't bother me honestly it was his inaction that bothered me so i don't care that he didn't want to die in a pointless war but i do care that he and his kid and wife are all living as outcasts and his wife is like why don't we go to a town half a day's ride and make a new life and he's unwilling to do that
0: okay yeah strong point point.
1: And, and we know he has a really valuable skill all he has to do is leave his hometown and he can use this very valuable almost supernatural spinning ability to do well by his family but he doesn't want to because it's his father's hometown really it's daddy issues all the way down when you start scratching this show
0: yep so bell's like fine you know what i'm just gonna deal with merida myself because i'm way more competent than you bell out sucker and she wanders off rumple gets back in the car and he's like "Mm -hmm." okay well then i'm
1: just gonna leave because you know I'm definitely not going to Han Solo this later and show up at exactly the right moment that I need to to fight.
0: Belle takes maybe 10 steps before Merida shows up.
1: And Merida pulls out the potion, the bear potion.
0: The bearification potion, which I guess she doesn't drink in the flashback because she still has it here.
1: And she's like, I don't want to have to use this. And Belle's like, my memory was erased. I have no context for what you're saying.
0: But 10,000 points to the sound mixing people on this.
1: Oh my god, it's... The body horror of the sound mixing here is intense.
0: Because she just kind of, she twitches a little bit and she flops over as this dark smoke encircles her.
1: But the foley sound of bones breaking and like creaking. And re-knotting.
0: You, oh. you can hear the bones like break and re and reform it's very graphic and i i want to applaud them because they do a great job selling this transformation
1: also the cgi on the bear that she is turning into is fine it's nothing spectacular but it's a television show so we're not expecting movie quality cgi here
0: it's not bad that's the important thing it's not bad cg and they they really do well working in the environment with the bear
1: also they frame the shots in a way that feels really reminiscent of The Demon Bear Saga from X-Men. So it's making me think of a better piece of property in a good way. Like, just enough to tap into those good emotions, but not enough that I'm comparing it negatively.
0: Yeah. So you're like, oh, that reminds me of something good. Not, oh, I should be reading something good instead of watching this.
1: Exactly.
0: So Belle was definitely not expecting to see this bear.
1: No, she runs. Like a coward.
0: Yeah. I thought heroes don't run, Bill. Meanwhile, uh, back in the flashback, Merida's three brothers are having basically no reaction to, you know, their upcoming execution.
1: Maybe they're just that certain that Merida will save them. So Macintosh, who is the... Hot one. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. The one with the woad. The woad warrior.
0: Oh my god, yes. The guy with the blue body paint. He's like, okay, so Merida didn't show up, even though there's no way she should have known that this was coming. Like, we didn't know she was mystically watching us, but she didn't show up, so we're about to kill these dudes. And Merida's like, not so fast!
1: Yep, Merida says that she's gonna take them down, and Macintosh says, you and what army? And she takes the bear potion, and man, she really should have made sure that was potion before she made her big hero speech, because... has swapped it out with water
0: also that's actually a really good point what happened to merida's army dunbrock had their own dudes in the movie did they all just abandon her as soon as her dad died how is she going to lead the country if no one's following her
1: these are all very good points I don't have an answer for you. I assume that if she gets the clan leaders behind her, then their armies will again be loyal to her.
0: Boy I, I'm just saying it doesn't speak well for Clan Dunbrook that like all of their dudes immediately abandoned her.
1: Okay, so I actually forgot that Clan Dunbrook was a separate clan. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, which it is, you're right, but I had forgotten that. I was thinking that... The royal family, so to speak, is just made up of members of the other three clans that have intermarried and been declared the royal family. And so if you are a royal, in a way, you have a claim to all of the clans. Mm. That's not the way it is in Brave the Movie. But since they're calling the country Dunbrå, maybe that is the way it is in Once Upon a Time.
0: Yeah. Also, it's gonna be pointless. Like, a few generations from now, the royal family's gonna just have everyone in it, and then...
1: That's why Queen Eleanor's plan was a great plan, and Merida is an irresponsible queen for not just choosing a guy and getting married. Marry Macintosh, he's hot enough. Yeah. Your kids will look all good.
0: Hell, marry the giant, blonde, quiet guy. Eh. What? Now we're gonna have to hear him talk about anything.
1: Well, I mean... Although really, part of Eleanor's genius plan is that you don't choose the guy, you set up a contest of skill, so it feels like everyone has an equal opportunity.
0: So, Merida drinks the verification potion except, uh-oh, Belle switched it with water because if she defeats the clans with magic, then people still won't follow her.
1: Okay, on the one hand, God damn it, Belle. But on the other hand, maybe don't rely on someone that you kidnapped to help you.
0: True. That's, yeah, that's a really good point.
1: You know what? I was on bell for telling Merida how to get the job done. But now that I think about it, if you're kidnapped, you get to handle it however you want.
0: So the three sons of the other clans load up their bows to shoot arrows at uh, Merida's brothers. And Merida gives a speechy speech about how she is the rightful queen because reasons.
1: Because of divine Right.
0: So, the three clan sons uh, fire their arrows, and luckily Merida is standing at the right angle to shoot all three arrows out of the air. I guess she had clarity of purpose this time around.
1: Yes, with a single arrow, she shoots all three arrows out of the air, saving her brother's lives.
0: Okay, did they actually find redheaded triplets, or... I guess just triplets to play the three brothers because we see them interact with each other and other people enough so that I know it's not just the same actor they're layering over and over again. I
1: don't think they look close enough that I don't think they're brothers. I think they're just three guys who look enough alike and they gave them all the same terrible hair dye. So it worked.
0: So the three sons of the clans draw their swords on Merida and merida says you've seen me with a bow now imagine how good i am with a sword and then everyone bows down to her those two skills don't translate
1: also you are known to be a prodigy with the bow like hey you just saw me do the thing i'm known to be really good at i can do this other unrelated thing even better no you can't
0: so the whole army bows down to merida and the three sons are like really And then the army draws their swords on the three sons, and they're like, okay, fine, whatever. Merida's gonna have a hard time running this country. Like, these people have no loyalty to anyone. They just, like, oh, oh, she's got the shiniest object, everyone bow down to her.
1: Well, if this was a brave season, we could have spent some time with these people, and we could have seen that the army was conflicted about siding with The Sons over Merida, and maybe a lot of them were questioning this, and maybe a lot of them were ready to return to Merida. And maybe we could have fleshed this out further and it would've made more sense.
0: Instead of Merida did a really good job shooting an arrow one time, therefore she should be queen. If they'd given her more of a speech either, but her speech was basically I am the, you know, rightful queen of Dunbrock, and everyone's like, Oh yeah, we forgot.
1: Is the stealth moral of this season that royalty is ridiculous because you've got King Arthur who's a king because he pulled a sword out of stone. You've got Merida who's a queen because she can shoot a bow and arrow. Is that the stealth message of this season? Royalty is bullshit? I would get on board for that.
0: So Merida decides to grant mercy to the people who did the laziest rebellion ever. She hugs her brothers and she's like, Mother's going to be so happy to see you. And they're like, who? And she's like, yeah, I know, right?
1: And Belle looks on smugly from the sidelines, glad that everything that she did worked out and didn't result in a bunch of dead redheads.
0: Yeah, that really easily could have backfired. Can you imagine how pissed Merida would have been if she missed and all of her brothers died? And Belle's like, oh, I guess the bear potion would have been the way to go there. Well, Merida
1: would have been killed pretty soon thereafter. And then it would have been super awkward for Belle facing off all of these guys and being like,
0: well, Belle presumably still has the bear potion with her.
1: Oh, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah. Thanks for taking out my kidnapper. Glug, glug, glug.
1: Then she returns to Rumple, and she's like, I always saw the man within. Can you not see the woman within the bear? Except she's a bear. So it's like,
0: <laughs> Why isn't that this season?
1: I'm into it. I'm into it. Anyway, speaking of the bear without.
0: Yes. The Merida bear in present days is chasing Belle. And Belle tries the, I see who you really are. And the bear's like, nope, this is not season four. You are not Buffy. I am not Giles.
1: Yep. But luckily, Rumple does decide to show up right in the nick of time.
0: And Belle's like, Rumple, run. And he's like, that's really insensitive.
1: <laughs> also, you've been telling me not to flee this whole episode. So I'm not going to flee.
0: So... Rumpel's like, get away from her, and the bear, like, slaps him out of the way. He should be dead. Eh. Bears are very, very strong.
1: Eh. But what he does do is wait till the bear is about to take him out, and then he throws the pouch of anti-transformation powder. And you know what? Earned. Okay. This was, a like, no!
0: I mean, it was established, and... Yeah.
1: That's a good solution. I am on board with that solution to the bear problem.
0: So the two of them hug. I'm guessing that the bit where Merida had to kill Belle is broken because of Rumpel's show of bravery. Otherwise, I'm going back to they should break Merida's legs now.
1: No, no. Once Rumpel becomes a hero, it goes away.
0: So back in the flashback, uh, Merida's like, so should I get you back to your group? And Belle's like, no, I really don't want to spend any more time with you.
1: Yeah, Belle's like, you know what, I'm just going to take this boat. I'm- you know what, I'm going to steal your boat.
0: Why are they friends now?
1: Yeah, they act like they just had a girls' mission together instead of a hostage situation.
0: Yeah. Also, how is Belle going to find the rest of the group? Also, also, so the rest of the group was just straight up not looking for her?
1: Nope, not at all, not even a little.
0: But she has her end of the first Lord of the Rings moment as she rose away.
1: She rose off to Valinor. So...
0: You know what this episode's been lacking?
1: Sexy Merlin.
0: Sexy Merlin. Sexy Merlin, who is in Granny's.
1: In the past, but not where everyone else is.
0: Yes. He's in Granny's in the past looking at Apollo bars, and he's like, you know, he senses Emma behind him. And so he says to her, you know, I always wanted to try one of these. And she's like, wait a second. That that scene at the beginning of the season... Where I was a little girl and I stole one of these and you were an usher and you told me, you know,
1: not to fuck with Excalibur.
0: And he's like, yes, that was me. And she's like, wait, weren't you a tree? And he's like, don't worry about it. She's
1: like, but time doesn't work that way. He's like, don't, don't. It's fine.
0: It's fine. Don't think about it too hard. It's fine. It's the whole Lancelot still being alive thing. Don't think about it. It's fine. So he asks her if he remember if she remembers what he said. And she's she doesn't say what I would say, which was no, because I was like six and a lot of stuff has happened to me since then.
1: Like a lot, even more than a normal person.
0: And uh, he's like, okay, as a reminder, just leave Excalibur the fuck alone.
1: And then we Gilligan cut to Emma's murder cave where she's got Excalibur in the stone trying to figure out how to pull that mother out.
0: Yep, and Rumple and Belle and Merida show up, and Rumple's like, Hello, evil person, I'm brave now, and therefore I'm a brave, true hero, and I have to do the true heroic thing of helping out the main villain of this season. What
1: the fuck? If they had just crossed the town line, he wouldn't be pulling out this sword for the villain. God damn this show.
0: His explanation for why he showed up to do this is, I know you wouldn't stop wreaking havoc until I pulled this sword from the stone.
1: Yeah, you'll definitely stop doing bad shit once you have the sword and have reunited it with the dagger. Also, he tries to make this about saving Merida. He's like, I will pull out the sword for you if you give Merida her heart back. And it's like, Emma's done with that. That was just about you.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, Emma, like, she takes out the heart and she gives a little squeeze and then... She's like, oh, just kidding. And she shoves it back in Merida's chest.
1: She's like, I was gonna do that anyway, but I guess now we have a deal. And Merida also demands to know where her brothers are. And Emma just hand waves, they're fine, they're with your mother.
0: So she's like, okay, Rumble, go pull the sword from the stone. And Belle's like, what, what happens if it does the disintegration thing? And Emma says, well... Then he'll be disintegrated.
1: And then Rumpel decides that it's time to, like, get his affairs in order. He wants Belle to know that he loves her and he doesn't regret being with her, even if he's about to get disintegrated from the sword.
0: Also, he's touching the sword through all of this. All Kay did was touch the sword and it disintegrated him, so.
1: Yeah, also he's getting super emotional for a thing that we, the audience, know is not going to happen. So it's not very satisfying, I'll be honest.
0: Yeah. But Rumpel pulls the sword from the stone.
1: What a shock! So, is Rumpel still skin the King of England now?
0: Uh, he's gonna have to fight Wyatt Hollowell. I know we've referenced that, like, every episode this season, but it's true, Wyatt Hollowell is the true King of England.
1: Yep, no doubt in my mind.
0: So he pulls the sword, which is still broken, from the stone.
1: Oh, you know, I didn't notice that- I didn't think about how that was an important thing, how- since the dagger is gone, we could have been thinking that the blade might have been reunited. I didn't think that for a second, but you saying that, I realized they might have been wanting me to think that.
0: Mm. Okay, so a lot of this is shot in slow motion. I suppose to add drama, but it really feels like maybe the episode was just running a little short.
1: Could very well be. Yep, yeah, I guess I just needed those extra seconds. Rumple tells Emma that she made one mistake.
0: She made one terrible mistake. She made him into a hero and heroes always win.
1: And Emma's like, yeah, my parents are heroes and they didn't do shit. So I'm not that, I'm not, I'm not exactly shaking in my designer boots over here.
0: Yeah. She, she points out, she's like literally every, uh, basically everyone in this town is the hero of one of their stories. This isn't that big of a deal.
1: Rumple tries to save face and be like, well, they're not me. Okay. Rumple, whatever.
0: And Emma's like, The doctor told me that I can't roll my eyes that hard anymore.
1: Anyway, back in Regina's vault, the storybook crew is finding the Crimson Cap because it's magical. It can't be burned, Arthur.
0: Should have just put it in your pocket.
1: But he didn't. So now they know that Arthur is evil.
0: And that uh, he doesn't want them to talk to Merlin. And now they need to find someone else that Merlin has chosen.
1: And you may remember... Merlin chooses the author
0: so uh they're going to get Henry because why is it Merlin's job to choose the author did he have to do all of that when he was a tree
1: um well no no his apprentice was taking care of it Merlin, right. is, Merlin is the sorcerer and he has an apprentice and since he knew he was going to be trapped in a tree he had his apprentice doing all of that work while he was a tree hmm
0: well, I mean, he could still talk to the apprentice as that sparkly light thing we saw? Yes. So was he training the apprentice? i I have questions about a whole bunch of stuff here, but
1: but we don't have time for that because Henry has shown up, and he's going to drop that crimson cap into the cauldron and get us a very unhelpful voicemail message.
0: Yes. Merlin's basically spreading the use of his precognition. He's going to tell them just enough to move the plot forward. And that's it.
1: Yeah, he's like, if you are seeing this message, then it's probably already too late. You need to find Nimue.
0: Nimue will, oh no, the Dark One's coming, ah, message over.
1: Yeah, super unhelpful.
0: But it gives us just enough information to know what to expect for the next episode.
1: Which is called Nimue.
0: So that's it for this episode. Next episode, Nimue.
1: Woo, so... You want to talk about fashion real quick?
0: Okay. Uh, we had a slight disagreement on Belle's cloak, which I really liked, and, and I did, did not care for. I liked it because it had like it had this giant. It was this sort of pink cloak with this giant rose on it. And I'm like, I get it, you know, Belle rose.
1: I I do appreciate that they're carrying over the rose theme, but it looked like it was made out of curtains.
0: And everyone else looked terrible. No, that's unfair.
1: So. I guess we're going to wrap it up for this week. Next week will be Nimue. This show is partially listener supported. If you would like to become one of our patrons, you can do so at our website, ilovetelevisionzines.com. We would like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Cassidy, Alec, Alex, Alicia, and Ryan.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you can always rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash I love television zines.
0: We can also be contacted at Zines at Twitter or I Love TelevisionZines at gmail.com.
1: So until next week, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Storybrooke.
0: A bear, there was a
1: bear, a bear All black and brown and covered in hair Oh come they said, come to the fair The fair said he, but I'm a bear All black and brown and covered in hair And down the road from here to there Three boys are going to the dancing bear They danced and spun all the way to the fair